0: welcome everybody back to the seek adventure podcast uh now as you can tell i'm not usually the one to be introing you to the podcast but my name's clyde i was on the last podcast i um, talking about my family's boundary water strip. and uh, i am back again we're going to be talking about overlanding one of my favorite subjects um it's a something that i got into last year and uh, I've just pretty much been obsessed with it within the last year. So there's a few things that I've been able to do over the last year. A couple new things that I did to the forerunner. runner um, So we just get a chance to talk
1: about that in this podcast. So join us and let's dive in. Well, I don't know. When did you go on that trip? June?
0: Hey, to Indiana? Yeah. April? Uh-
1: no, uh, yeah,
0: that was, yeah, that had to be, yeah, that was, because that was before we went to
1: the Boundary Water. Oh, okay, so April, how long were you in Indiana for? It wasn't that long, it was just kind of, it was a day trip, so
0: my friend Brad and I went down there, and uh, I didn't really know what to expect when I went down there, because I had never been down there before, um, but it's Indiana's Badlands Off-Road Park, and, uh, It was pretty cool. Uh, Brad just rode down with me in the 4Runner. So he left his Tacoma here. Yeah, I mean, that thing was, he had just gotten it. Like, it was, like, less than a month old, Mm. and it was bone stock. You're not going to take that to an off-road park, Mm. Unless, I mean, unless you really don't care. But I was just meeting a group of guys down there. I got invited by one one of the guys because I used to work with him. And, um, it was a lot more intense than I figured, but, I and mean, we, we didn't do, we didn't explore the whole park itself, but I mean, the majority of the things that were there were rock crawlers. So they were, you know, trucks built for purpose that you'd trailer there. You wouldn't necessarily, um, drive them there. And, uh, they were usually on like 37s, 40s, Some were even on tires larger than 40s. And uh,
1: you're climbing some really serious stuff. Like You posted almost. a couple of videos, didn't you? Or got a couple? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And there was guys almost doing like vertical climbs in their trucks. I mean, the, the videos can't do it justice. Because I think the one guy, he had a Wagoneer, and he was on, I think, 42s. And you can, like, 40, the 42-inch tire, that's massive.
2: Mm-hmm. And you get
0: you get next to that in person, you're like, "Good lord, that's a huge tire." But you look at it on video, and it doesn't, you know, look that big. And some of the stuff that they're driving up, you would have a hard time personally climbing up it, like just yourself. when they're driving their vehicles on it, so it's pretty wild and cool. I would say. I mean, it's, I always I've always watched like rock climbing stuff um, on YouTube. Growing up, I've had some friends that have done stuff like that, but I'd never seen
1: it in person until then, which it was really sweet. So you drove down to Indiana, so what like seven and a half hours, eight hours? And no, it was like it was like four max. It takes four hours to get to Chicago. From here from, from there, I'm in Madison guy. True. So I guess Brad had to go seven and hour seven and a half hours
0: yeah it was longer for Brad because he met me down here did uh did you stay overnight down there? no, i mean we had we had contemplated it, and if the guys were gonna like do anything serious the next day mm-hmm. um probably would have done it, but it just didn't work out that way where it made sense to stay tonight, so we just drove back mm-hmm. that so, night like it was called an overlanding park, but was most of it like just off-roading or was there like opportunity where you could have done stuff with your rig if you wanted to? Well, no, I mean, it's, it's deemed an off-road park. I wouldn't say it's an overland park, but, um, there was, there was plenty of stuff that the forwarder could have done. Um, Brad and I just didn't really branch off and do much exploring because we were having a lot of fun watching the guys, um, yeah. rock crawl. But I mean, we did, we did do a couple things in between going to different obstacles, We'd take some trails. I mean it was really it was raining that day. Yeah. It was really wet and um I never got stuck, which I did have it like pretty much mid center cap in some areas. And it was I mean legit sloppy off camber, um, going in between trees where you had to be nimble. I yeah. thought maybe a couple of times I would have slid into a tree, possibly, but I didn't. So that was uh that was good. Ideal.
1: Yeah, that's good.
0: Yeah, that was that was ideal. But, I mean, I, I, if I was to do anything, like, let's say if my rig was a dedicated rig, I would run an MT for sure. Right. that's just what I've heard is the way to go. But since it's not a dedicated rig, I do daily drive it. There's no chance that I am going to run an MT because it would just be yeah, stupid. Like 15,000 miles per set of tire. Right. And you have to have earplugs in while driving because they're stupid loud. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So but they did they did fairly good. Um you know, I mean they, they performed like a BF like a KO two would, so you're leaving. It started just downpouring and the way out was through a crick, so I went down a pretty steep hill into a crick and then drove through the crick out. Uh was there any Yodi rock crawlers down there? Oh yeah. Yeah, you had Yoda rock crawlers. I mean, you had everything in the sun. You had fully built tube chassis rock crawlers. Was there any, like, pickups? Like, photo pick like, pickups that converted, was converted over? Not that I saw. Not ones like you'd see up in BC where they got full exoskeletons, straight axle swaps. I didn't see any of that. There was a lot of custom built stuff and Jeeps, really. But, uh. Jeep gang? Yoda. Yeah, I know the old Jeep gang. You'd see some, uh, some jeeps getting worked on, but guess what? No Toyota is getting worked on while you are there. No,
1: that's uh-huh. a jeep thing you would understand. I know. You know what they say about jeeps and Toyotas, there are a lot of, like, except they work. Yeah. Yep.
0: <laughs> so that was, uh, just like, pretty much the biggest trip of the year, right? So far, as far as, like, really going off-road, that was the biggest trip of the year. Unfortunately, Wisconsin doesn't really have a whole heck of a lot of opportunity to do any off-roading. You have Tigerton Off-Road Park, but again, that's just an off-road park. Um, there's some stuff like uh, the Plane Crash Trail towards the UP, and then you got the North Shore and stuff like that, where you can get off asphalt and get right. onto some gravel, but nothing like uh, outside it's of old. Old- You've been camping with your new RTT and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've been, I've been using it, and I uh, absolutely love it. So I got a new rooftop tent. The one that I had previous was a Smitty built XL Gen 2, and um, that was a really, really nice tent. I think for their Gen 2, they did a phenomenal job fixing a lot of their shortfalls on their first gen, um, super comfortable tent. It was massive. The mattress was a California King. It was actually larger, a couple inches larger than a California King. Absolutely huge. So spacious. Um, and you could have the tent pretty well, fully open in a blowing rainstorm and stay dry. Mm -hmm. That was really nice. But the thing of it was is it was, I mean, it was way bigger than I needed. I don't have a family of three kids and a wife. I don't need something that big. Um, And on top of that being a soft shell and that large, it would take just about 20 minutes to set it up if I was hauling. Same thing with tearing it down, and it took up the entire roof rack space on top of the Forerunner. So those, those kind of points right there made me want to look for something else. And on top of it, soft-shell tents are not aerodynamic at all. So um, there's a company that's, that's fairly new, or uh, their rooftop tent is fairly new. It's Tough Stuff Overland, or no, Tough Stuff 4x4. And they came out with their Alpha series of hard-shell hybrid tents, hard-shell fold-out tents. And the Alpha was out for, I think this is going on at, second and a half or third year being out mm-hmm. and then the alpha two which is the one that i got which is a smaller version of the alpha because the alpha is like a four man which is like a king size the alpha two is a two to three man which is a queen size bed and that one was coming out for pre-order in january is that when so, you pre-ordered it yeah I, I pre-ordered it in february yeah but because um, that's when i sold my other tent so as soon as i sold my other tent that's when i went and Pre-ordered this one, and I got it for pretty much two main reasons, and that was setup time and aerodynamics. So the setup time, I had watched a video. Um, there was a guy who had had his Alpha for a year. It was Gen One Alpha, and <clears throat> it would take him about two minutes to set it up, and he had camped in it religiously for like a year, so two he had minutes? that thing down. It. Two minutes, fully totally set up. Two minutes, and it took you twenty took me 20 in my soft shell. Oh, okay. So it, I
1: yeah. gotcha. I gotcha. Yep.
0: Yeah. So it took him two minutes to set up the hard shell. It took me 20 minutes to set up the soft shell. So that was a big selling point. And number two, it's just the aerodynamics behind it. I mean, I, I have a four liter V6. It's not a shy motor, but it's not a powerhouse. So running it, lifted, bigger tires, not regearing, having that box on top was brutal driving that thing. It was just brutal mm-hmm. um, doing anything above 60 mile an hour. So I got the, uh, the hard top. That's why I wanted to order the hard top along with the setup time. ordered it in February. Um, Tough stuff had their fair share of issues with shipping, which every company has had yep. shipping issues. So um, I, uh, I got that in I think a week after we had returned, no, uh, no, it was the, uh, second, it was later. It was the later portion of the second week of May that I got it in. Hmm. And, uh, it was our, I mean, this this mini belt, you had to put some things together. This one was a hundred percent out of the box, ready to go. So I opened it, box open, threw it up on the roof rack. The uh, brackets on this one are on a U-shape instead of flat, which actually made it even more difficult to bolt it onto a roof rack when a fully boxed in roof rack is hard enough to uh, Mm -hmm. put a rooftop tent on. So that took me about two hours to get it bolted on. Um, But I got it on and set it up, and I love it. Right now, I've slept, I think, a cumulative of five nights in it. Yeah. And I've set it up multiple times and it'll take me just about five minutes. That ain't
1: to bad. Set it
0: up. Five, five to eight minutes. No, it's not bad at all. And the <clears throat> the Alpha 2 has a few more time-consuming things than the Gen 1 Alpha as far as the setup goes, which is why it takes five minutes versus two, but I don't care. I mean, five
1: minutes is not long at all. Yeah. And there, there are improvements on it. so. How's uh, it? How's it handle driving long distances compared to your soft shell? Holy smokes, dude! Night and day. So the Smitty Belt,
0: <clears> two <throat> in seventy five mile an hour on the interstate. Uh, brutal. I mean, mm-hmm. you're it's, it's, it's constantly downshifting in fourth gear, can't stay in overdrive. Gust of wind will send you into the next lane, like all that. On top of that, um, my old lift kit that I had on a built 5100 kit with all these springs that uh, that kit didn't handle that well anyway so then I did two revisions now with this tent within a very short period of time I had installed the new lift kit which is a Dobinson IMS kit two and a half up front with stock rated springs and then I did 400 pound overload variable rate springs in the rear that lowered the front end down about a half inch and um, the truck handles significantly better and wind significantly better fuel mileage went up significantly and then um putting this rooftop tent on you hardly notice it at all up there if it's really windy you do notice it but if it's anything below like eight mile an hour wind um you really don't notice it at all and right now i've, <clears throat> I've had the tent on for two weeks
1: straight yeah and my average fuel economy is only gone down a mile per gallon All Right, bad and your drive up Which, to like you're the lake that you camp on with your parents and stuff is it's a decently long drive right three, it's, I mean if I do it straight it's three hours yeah yeah and I get uh,
0: on that trip I got 17 miles per gallon the times that I've been up there if 17 miles per gallon is nothing I mean that's not bad that's when a touch better a than we is, got
1: to Colorado huh <laughs>
0: Yeah, eleven to seventeen. I definitely say that's a touch better. When I was uh, when I was cruising on the North Shore, um, coming back from Bondurant trip, I got nineteen miles per gallon. Wow, up there, which was really nice. But yeah, so that's uh, I would say that is the largest benefit of that tent is uh,
1: the the drivability with it. I I love the improvement there. And you said you've had like camp or five sleep nights in it. Any? Do you mind the smaller space or anything, or is it still plenty of roomy for you?
0: Oh yeah, plenty of room. And I think even for two people, it's plenty of room. Mm-hmm. Now, like in my mini built with two people. Like my girlfriend at the time, she would have her like legit suitcase in there. I'd have my duffel bag in there, and we still had way more than enough room than we could even know what to do with. Yeah, and. This one, I don't think you're gonna do that. You're not gonna necessarily have your clothes bag up there like a full-on suitcase mm-hmm. or a full-on duffel bag. Um, but yeah, I mean, you can you can keep a couple things up there and maybe have a duffel bag for the two of you. Um, and there's enough room to fully stretch out. You're not hampered for space unless maybe you're like six five. But I'm five ten and I fit perfect in it. Um, five it's, ten it's with just like three inches in. on. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean it's it's a queen size bed, so it's just like if you're doing a sleep with you know, if you had, if you're a couple and you're sleeping on a queen size queen size bed, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's what it's going to feel like, and it's it's very comfortable, and uh, it's just like the other one except it actually might have a little more room for this that you can leave your bedding up there, so the the pillows stay up there, the blankets stay up there, all oh, the sheets stay on. So all that stays up there when I fold it up. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. So that's part of the setup time, making it Mm -hmm. so quick is that everything's in there. So you would just open it up. You put your window poles in there and it's done. And then you could crawl right in and go to bed if you want, which for trips out to Colorado, that's going to be really ideal because when you're overlanding, some of the most part, some of the most fun is just driving and seeing scenery You don't want to necessarily spend a bajillion hours at camp. Yeah. So if you're driving around and you go until dark and now it's tired, you cook, you set up your tent,
1: it's really quick and easy, and then you're right to bed. Yeah, you don't have an hour setup time like if you were just tent camping or something. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I'm going to take that uh, for my antelope trip. I'll take your rooftop tent.
0: Hey, there you go. I'll just come out there with you.
1: Okay. You can bring the. That'd be fun. You can bring the rig, and I'll. Uh, I'll give you some money for gas. Sweet.
0: I'll do that, and then I'll uh, I'll uh, um, glass
1: for you. Okay. Hey. hey you hey, know. We, we leave October fourth. Come back to. Tenth or maybe eleventh. I don't I mean, know. Count, count me in, or maybe I'll just go off roading while you guys are in the woods. Well, there's not a whole lot of public land where we're going, so you ain't going off the road, and tell you what, and it ain't woods; oh. <laughs> it's antelope hunting, it's prairie.
0: Okay, fair enough. All right, you're right. Um, so remember how we just had our Walmart podcast talking about how cheap it is to get into camping? Yeah, yeah. Uh, if anybody wants to get into camping, but you want a tent with a ladder, you got to add like a minimum
1: of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I> just- <laughs> <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Just it's the same exact thing, except it's at least two thousand dollars more expensive. (laughs)
0: It's (laughs) got a ladder. Yeah. Totally. I mean, that's that's like the only difference is that it's got a ladder. Well, mean, Two grand for a ladder? That's not bad.
1: No, it's it's a nice (laughs) aluminum forged ladder, right? Yeah. And it slides, and it's collapsing, so you know, folds into itself. Nice. Yep. Yep. So what uh, I know before we started recording, Clyde, um, you had talked about the one of the biggest reasons of not going on more multi day trips is it's hard to find people to go with. Um, you willing to go with like new people if somebody like hits you up and was like, "Hey, I want to go," or? Yeah, I mean, if there's if there's anybody out there who has like rigs.
0: And you guys want to join us and put a group together or even just two people like somebody else has got a rig and you don't have a lot of friends that do overlanding. You want to get together like, heck yeah, I would go. And that's the smart way to do it. That it's, if you do overlanding and especially if let's say you'd go out West and do overlanding, it's not smart to go by yourself because you're going to be pushing your vehicle to a certain extent. You're going to be in the middle of nowhere. You're going to be on an off road trail. Your vehicle breaks. You get stuck, something happens, and you don't have a buddy out there to either pull you out, get you unstuck. So if you roll your vehicle, flip it back over, so you don't have that stuff if you're out there by yourself. So, what that does is it limits your experience. You can't do the things you might do if you had somewhat of a safety net to have another person out there. So, it's really nice that you do have two people. And if anybody hit me up on Instagram, Facebook, whatever, and asked me to go, like, I would totally be down to plan a trip with another rig and do some overlanding because I'm all about it going out and trying to, you know, just get some experience, have some fun, go camping, adventure wherever. Whether or not I'm, we just go out
1: to the Dakotas or we go fully out west. I'm sure you're not the only one that has those thoughts and feelings. I know, like, um, hunting group wise, it's really hard to get into a hunting group and find a hunting group because so many people have them established and I think I'm sure that's similar with your overlanding that people go on their trips with who they've gone on trips with forever so the people that are newer to the sport or whatever need to kind of meet up and get together and do some networking of going on their own new trips and building their own group.
0: Exactly. I mean there's things out west where people do, where it's more popular and people do gears and coffee like there's cars and coffee but people do, uh, they'll do rigs and coffee and have off-road and overland rigs come together. You can really network doing it that way. But, you know, in Wisconsin, there's culture is just not there. There is a handful of people that love off-roading or uh, love overlanding in specific. There's a lot of people that love off-roading in Wisconsin, but overlanding in specific, um, there's like a handful of people that love it. I mean, there's Facebook groups for it. I'm part of those Facebook groups. But even in those groups, there is even a smaller handful of people that are willing to put down a 10 day trip to go out West and do it rather than just doing really minor things around Wisconsin on gravel road. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. um, that's a little bit difficult, but I'm, I mean, I'm always willing to network with people, make friends, go out and do things with other people. Like even the guy that, um, I bought my forerunner from, he's an avid overlander. He loves it but he's also got a family, a wife and kids at home. So it's really limited with him. I can't just go out with him, go zoom out to Colorado for 10 days because he's got a wife and kids at home. So like him and I, we've done a trip before together. Um, actually, I think he was just out in Moab, which if I would have known, time, I would have went out with him, but um, it was too short of notice. Uh, but yeah, I mean, if there's... Uh, Anybody out there that wants to go, hit me up. I'd definitely
1: be down. And it doesn't have to be a 10-day trip. It could be a couple-day trip.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, like if you go out to the Dakotas to the Badlands or um, Black Hills or something like that, you could make that a a four-day weekend. Leave Thursday night, come back Monday evening, go to
1: Mm -hmm. back to work on
0: Tuesday. Yeah. Easy enough.
1: Yep. And, I mean, it, it sounds like, obviously, you're willing to do put in time and driving. You went down to Indiana for not even a night there. so. Yeah. And, and it was still a good time for just, you.
0: It was still a blast. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think I was in Indiana. Let's see, what time did we get there? We got there maybe around noon and we left around six. Mm-hmm. So it was eight, eight hours of driving for being six hours there. To me, that's worth it. Yeah. I mean, I still got to hang out with a, a good friend of mine for eight hours in the car. Him and I had a blast just driving, talking. So we don't get to see each other that often. And then uh, six hours doing something completely different I've never done before and got to experience. I mean, that's, now if it was two hours, that's debatable, but six hours is plenty enough time to warrant eight hours of driving.
1: hmm Awesome. So right now there's no plans in the books for you unless you come on my antelope hunt. But yeah. <laughs> otherwise, you know, the keep doing the day trips and up at the lake and you're getting time Mm -hmm. in the, in your overlanding rig. And I know that you've been using all the stuff that you bought for camping and overlanding. And that's kind of the big thing. It doesn't matter where you go or how long you go, just getting out there and using that stuff and doing it.
0: Exactly. Even like the last time I was up at the lake, so it's my grandparents' place. The whole family uses it. I mean, it's set up to where you could just, Drive up there, and you don't need anything: pots and dishes, cookware, grills. All that's all set up. Mm-hmm. But I have my stuff. I love my stuff. I picked it out myself. I want to use it. So when I went up there, I set up my tent, opened the back hatch, I set up my collapsible table, skulls, and I made myself a nice steak and potato dinner. I had my coffee the next morning. So I like love having like my own little setup. Yeah, and uh, and using all my own stuff. You the other your own cool space too. I, yeah, exactly. I have my own space. and It's funny. I was uh talking to my entire family and I always thought I should hit up tough stuff to get sponsored because I uh I talked up their tent to everybody I talk to. I mean I just talk up rooftop tents in general. But I like had my aunt I had one set of aunt and uncle them I had them looking at rooftop tents. I had another aunt and uncle had them looking at rooftop tents. And then uh, the other day I did, I went to my local cars and coffee here in Madison and I got there nice and early. got a double spot, opened up the rooftop tent and then took my collapsible chair and sat in front of my foreigner. And I had at least 25 people stop by and ask me about the tent. A bunch of, bunch of questions. What does it fit on? How heavy is it? Is it comfortable? Yada, yada. I had a lot of kids come by and kids were like, Whoa, that's cool. And I'd be like, just go up there, climb up there. Tell me what you think. So I had kids climbing up in it and other people climbing up in it. So that was really cool to be able to share that with other people too. Mm-hmm. That, Cause you don't, you don't
1: see rooftop tents all over the place in Wisconsin yet. So I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that is. Well, I think that bolt wraps it up. Clyde, anything else to add?
0: Uh, no, that's really it. I'm just excited to, uh, continue to use my stuff. I think I'll stick with this, uh, rooftop tents that I got. I'm pretty happy with it. Um, $2,000 investment. I'm going to stick with it now. So it's a nice I'm just ladder. excited too. it is super nice ladder. So I'm just excited to, uh, go on more trips.
1: Yeah. And, and I think, nice I think for 2021, it maybe wasn't the way you had it planned. You probably want to do some bigger trips, but I think it's also great to see that things don't have to be this big, extravagant trip and planning and you can go out and enjoy this stuff with super minimal time even a day and you can go do some overlanding and camping
0: oh yeah exactly I even have an event that I'm going to be traveling for here in the in the end of July that uh, it just requires one night somewhere where I'm not in my bed and I know that there's a space for me where I can set up my tent so instead of having to go and get a hotel room uh I can just set up my tent. Even if I was just traveling, you know, somewhere else, pull over in Walmart, set up the tent, you yep. don't have to get a hotel. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Well guys, I think that's about it for today. So as always, keep living a life worth reading about.